Genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one eye close-up shot at a time. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today is Phil Dragish from The Matrix Minute. Hello, 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 hello. I'm here again. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about Minute 53, which starts with Gimli finishing his line from yesterday. He says, what do trees have to talk about? Except the consistency of squirrel droppings. And ends with a figure in white saying, you are following the tracks of, following the footsteps of. You're tracking the footsteps of. There we go. But I got it. I got it out there. You're tracking the footsteps of. And his voice sounds familiar in multiple ways. Yeah. Could be bad. Could I be really good. like that effect. But uh, Me too. Let's talk We're going to talk about that one. Droppings. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about uh, Legolas being really dramatic. Yeah, I got nothing with the squirrel droppings, to be honest. Uh, so I'll leave it to it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, there's no animal noises, right. which I feel like Aragorn and Legolas at least would have noticed that there's no like birds or but they don't want to talk about animals, it. Well, like... they just they just don't want to talk about well, it. Yeah, here, here's the thing. In my opinion, I think this is all uh, the the sounds are just. Um, non-diegetic i think that's what you would call it and uh i think i think the animals do exist in this forest it's just that it's oppressive sounding without any of it in there you know as mm. background noise just for yeah. the audience just to get them yeah just to get us right. uh super tensed up <laughs> i uh i have a couple of notes about the lighting of fangorn mm. and the way that it was kind of structured because most sets you would kind of build kind of all at once and not necessarily like in layers the way that they did this. They talk about how they can, because they had such a small area to build such kind of a big set in, they built the light, they put installed the lights first, then installed netting with the camo, and then built the miniatures kind of like down to the floor and then oh, put nice. the, the, the floors on. Mm-hmm. So they built this set from the top down instead of like from the bottom up. So that they could plan from the beginning exactly how all the lighting light. would be. That's, because they knew it was going to be a real pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, like, once they did it, it's like, this is just how the lighting is going to be in this set, period. We can't really mess with this. And the way that they lit the set is so... There's always, like, a little more light in the background than there is in the foreground. So no matter where they go in Fangorn Forest, it always looks like they're in the darkest part. That's cool. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, um, it's not a joke when Peter Jackson and other filmmakers, when they were making this movie, when they said it was the biggest low-budget movie of all time. Uh, <laughs> because they, and I think that's one of the best things about the uh, the movie, is that they had to um, use every bit of resource that they could to get this thing done. And... Um, Look at that, and like you said, the the studio space was really tiny because uh, they were abandoned uh, paint factories uh, and paint sheds, where they where they put the you know like uh, the machinery whenever that happened. And um, just like uh, if you know the Disney Renaissance, um, when they were doing uh, 
yeah, or so-called Disney Renaissance. I mean, like the jury's out on that one. But um, mm-hmm. when they were doing Little Mermaid, <laughs> when they were little, doing Little Mermaid, they were kicked out of the original studio, and they actually had to just work in little sheds. But I think stuff like that is the perfect thing for when you're making a film because everybody is on their A game because they want to get it done and get it done right so they can get out of there. <laughs> right. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no room for 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 relaxation. Yeah, they talk about building these these trees so that they can pull branches off them and change the direction of the branches on the tree. Mm. Excellent. They knew they were so they knew they weren't going to be able to like because they knew they weren't going to be able to totally restructure the whole set. Right. Because once the floor was in place, most of these trees aren't moving. But, but they, they can like switch up the way that they look. Yeah, but they can kind of switch up the way they look, and some of the trees can move around the floor. But like the way that the flooring is put in, right? For like this scene by the rock, it's like this is just how this is going to be around this part of the set. But they can move branches around to make it look like you're looking at different angles mm-hmm. without actually changing where the actor is standing to do their filming. That's really cool. Nice. Yeah. I. That's cool, man. And like, and because of the way that the set is put together, they can take different angles from around and it looks like they're in totally different sets, different forests. Yeah. Just by looking at this set in a different angle because it's all the way around them. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff. And they, the camera had to get in there real tight. And That's like, really ingenious. Like, yeah. So they, they really made the most out of this set. Like mm. making sure that the camera could fit between trees so they could shoot it from every different angle. Mm-hmm. Making sure, so they can move branches around and make it look like different parts of the forest pretty easily. Yeah. It's just a really, really cool, really cool tidbit of information here. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, a, a small technical note is that... Uh, the way that Legolas is shot flips back and forth in the in the the shots. Oh no! So across this scene, you see his brooch change direction a couple times. <laughs> oh no! Really? I yeah. never noticed this. And that's really funny. Which apparently, I guess, happens throughout the entirety of the trilogy with with brooches because they're they're just they're a singular the... shape. Yeah. So when they flip flip the frame, the point of the brooch is pointing in a different direction. Interesting. And you can kind of see it in different parts of the movie. Yeah. And you know what? I have to say, part of that, like, I actually love mistakes like that. Um, I don't think I would love it if I were making the movie, but I love that these things stay there because uh, it gives the movie a really, uh, or any movie that has flubs like this, uh, just like a you know, humans made this. It's a personal thing, and it's that's what I love mm-hmm. about it. Um, I'm glad they never did a special edition where they changed, you know, where they George Lucas things. <laughs> right. Because uh, it was pointed. I mean, it was pointed out in our listener group and I'd never noticed it. That Amor's sword falls out of his scabbard yes. when he mounts his horse at the end of that conversation. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've seen that. And I've seen that so many times. And I, I just I, I, I love it. I know it's a mistake, but it's just fantastic. It's the best. I mean, I think I've said it before, but like one of my favorite movie mistakes where you can kind of see something you weren't intended to see is in Gladiator. You see the air canister that flips over one of the chariots in the arena. Oh, no. Like it flips over and, and all the stuff in the back of the chariot flies out and you can see the the machine that flipped it. Oh, man. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. I've, I've never noticed. Yeah. You, you see the brooches flip back and yeah. forth in this movie. In, like, in all the movies. Between like le- yesterday's minute and today's minute, like it, one's pointing to the right and one's pointing to the yeah. left. Yeah. I want... Uh, and his... Qu- uh, Legolas's quiver, he's not just like wearing a quiver strapped over his back. 
that quiver goes into holes in his shirt and is sitting on a harness holding it really tightly so that he can run without it jumping around. Oh, oh nice. Got to get some So they explain that, but they don't explain But they don't the t- they don't explain <laughs> the backpacks, <laughs> but they explain Legolas's <laughs> quiver. <laughs> yeah. Um I I want to really quickly cuz I won't have the chance and I don't know if anybody noticed this. So I'm just going to if I may just uh, fast forward really quickly because it's pro- it's an insert shot. It's just one close up in it near the end of the movie, and I know I won't have this opportunity again because we're talking about mistakes. Um, and I, you know, and there's this one close up of Aragorn looking up uh, while Gandalf and you know and and the Rohirrim are charging down. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually a shot from the fight in Helm's Deep. You can see that he's wet, and they just needed a shot of him reacting to something and they had nothing for that particular <laughs> thing so they just recycled something from Helm's Deep from the fight you know in the at night and they color graded it and they someone had to roto him out and once you see it Peter Jackson actually mentioned the mentions that in the commentary if I'm not mistaken and once you see it you'll never unsee it you will always see this weirdly blue screened shot so just keep an eye out. Kids. Of Vigo? Yeah. That's really funny. We have to keep, I mean, that'll be like a few months. but we'll <laughs> That'll be like seven months from yeah. now. We'll uh. have to keep an eye out for that because that's really funny. Because, I mean, we're doing, we're doing this till November. Yes. It's really, I like, I like, like, I don't know. I, I like movie mistakes because it's just it's things that I've never noticed before that just add another layer of like, I don't know, kind of like urban legend yeah, to the film, right? Just yeah, like, yeah. Oh yeah, have you seen this? Or because <laughs> sometimes there are things. It's just like, how did that even make it into the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but... it shows you where people's focus was mostly uh, at at the time. Mm-hmm. You don't notice the small things in the background because I guess I, that means the movie might be working. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, the, it's not just the sword thing with Amor too. It's like the the. The camera bump when he when Aragorn says "Into the Wild" mm-hmm. is something I never In the noticed. First movie, yeah. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> like there's just, there's all these little things that like I've noticed other mistakes, and then people point out to me mistakes that I missed, and I was just like, "How did I miss that?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if you look at all the wide shots, you can always see um, uh, John Rhys Davies's scale double. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, is the name Greg? I think so. Is that it's Brett? Brett. There we go. Brett. There. We, that, that's what it was. Let's talk about uh, the White Wizard. The just man, Legolas, you're so dramatic. <laughs> Legolas, come on. Yeah. Just okay. So says something, something is out there. Uh, I know <laughs> this is. I know this what is. What do you see? <laughs> well, yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to say. I haven't seen this movie in nine years, but I didn't. You, you guys gave me the the, the video without uh, subtitles. I didn't need them. I remember everything. I remember all the lines. I still remember him. <laughs> so it's like, Fine, it's like, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I don't go not Just something's out there. What do you see? Mm-hmm. And then he stops speaking. I was just the white wizard approaches. Okay. It's like he's trying to imitate the way Aomer said it. it yeah. <laughs> How do they know? Oh yeah, Aomer mentions a white wizard. Does he? Yeah. Yes. He says, and he says it the same way. The white wizard is cunning. Oh it's yes, very, yes, yes. Um, the the consonance is very strong. Yeah, and then and then Orlando Bloom is just like, I can say that just as well. No, I, can, yeah, I can say it just as well. <laughs> um, the white wizard. Let, let, let's talk about this really quickly. Um, so, how 
what is Omer talking about in the context of this movie? Because in uh, the the book, it's uh, pretty clear that uh, Saruman is messing around and they know about him. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, and in the book, I, I'm sure you guys know that uh, there's this there's a scene that isn't in the movie where uh, the three the three hunters are uh, you know just camping out of uh, outside of the forest and it's nighttime and then they see some guy you know just walking around you know it, with a white cloak and yeah. um, and Aragorn's like come come here and you know, you know sit down with us and whew, he's gone and uh, <laughs> and then no and, losers and that's and, and like. in this yeah in, in this context uh, what Legolas is saying makes sense but I don't understand the movies because I I guess I guess Saruman just likes running around the forest in this one yeah no one no one's really sure like because Amber tells them in the movies just like you know the the white wizard is cunning they say he wanders to and fro okay 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 like an old man disguised an old man disguised yeah Yeah. well I mean because we don't know this yet in the movies but like Fangorn is at Saruman's doorstep so it would make sense I mean kind of like well, no, we do know that Fangorn is on Saruman's Oh, right, right, Because right. earlier, like, yeah. Saruman is... Like, cut it he's, down. He's talking to that orc who gets real excited at the prospect right. of cutting down trees. It's just like, Fangorn forces on our doorstep. Burn it to the ground. Oh, right, yeah, because... And that orc just goes, we were, yes! We weren't yeah, sure he's that like, this forest yes. was the same forest. Right. Until recently. Okay, yeah. So, because Aramur knows that, like, Saruman's up to no good because he found the uruk with the, the white right. hand and, and he, stuff. And he tries to talk to his uncle, and his uncle is just like, ah, oh, Wormtongue speaks for me, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to take a nap. Okay, wow, so guys. I, think... I have, like, I should, just goes to show that I haven't seen this movie in a long time. They, <laughs> they, they, re- they covered their bases. Yeah. So what is kind of like a thing is Legolas... Did Legolas see him out of the corner of his eye? Be, or did he or just did he hear just him? Him? And then he just like can feel the magic and he's just like, well, that must be the white wizard that Amor was telling us about. That must be, must be Saruman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Aragorn says, do not let him speak or he will cast a spell on us. He put a spell on us. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a spell. Okay. We must be quick. Yeah. In, it's just it, like, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's do this, guys. Got some great close-ups. We get some, we get some, some great close-ups. Yeah. Uh, Orlando Bloom's eyes are like super dilated. Yeah. In this what do you close think up. about that? Because it, it they are obviously uh, uh, their lenses. They're uh, yeah. He's wearing contacts. Yeah, contacts. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's fine. It's passable. I give it a pass. I mean, they look. They, I mean, they don't look unnatural. Not really. Right. Uh, but his pupil. I just noticed on the the close up that his pupils are like super dilated. Because when you look at Vigo or Gimli's face, like their pupils look like pretty normal for like the light level. But like Orlando Bloom's are just like gigantic. Well, he's got crazy elf eyes. He's got he? crazy elf eyes. I just wonder if he was like hopped up on caffeine this day. Because <laughs> <laughs> caffeine dilates your pupils. Well, I mean, I'm sure because the light hasn't happened yet. But I'm sure there is like a light on set shining in his face. Well, that makes your people smaller. Oh, right. No, your pupils are like, bigger in the dark I mean, and smaller in like, the light. They're not like cat pupils. Like. They're, they're big. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's but he's got something in his system. I think it's the contacts. It he's, might just be the He's contacts. like trying to see in the dark, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the set is kind of dark. Yeah. Uh, and then... I'm not entirely sure what they hope to achieve. Um, well, they're hoping that they can just Take him by surprise. I, like, Gimli and just they have no other choice. Snacks. 
Yeah, they don't have a choice here. Like, if they think they got to fight Saruman, like, they're just screwed. Like, yeah. they're at least going to throw something at him. Like, go yeah. down fighting. Yeah, Gimli, like, throws his axe and it gets broken half. Oh, we were then... there? Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's, and then, let's talk about that. And then Legolas fires his bow and this this dude, this white wizard, is quick enough to break the arrow in half yeah. and deflect it. And then he makes Aragorn drop his sword by making it red hot. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And the way Aragorn looks at his sword, like, this is like a moment where I'm like, I don't know if that's what you were really going for, Vigo, but it doesn't really come across as like you were burned. It's just like you're holding something. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, oh, that's gross. Like, <laughs> turns into a snake. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And I then mean, he looks at his hand, like, confused. It's just like, what just happened? I guess that's the best take they had. <laughs> like, most of the time, like, Vigo is just, like, spot on and right. like this is just one of those moments where like compared to a lot of other things it just looks a little off yeah to it's, me. It's, it's strange it's it's a bit strange but he has a really good like anxious scared face right before they turn around like mm-hmm. he his anxious face right before this this little action bit here is really good like you see him like gulp and his eyes kind of fall a little bit and he's mm-hmm. trying to steal himself but he doesn't really look convinced that they're going to no. be able to do anything yeah yeah absolutely uh, then I just have to say this whole scene, uh, now that we're talking about the book again, it's quite different in the book um, because uh, the hooded figure actually approaches them from a seeming distance and he's just uh, just an old man with a cloak over his face and uh, mm-hmm. they don't and they have a little conversation, you know, and this is where something like this would be most effective in a in a book because the voice gives it away because both um you know uh, Christopher Lee and um uh, Ian McKellen have distinct voices and I mean they could have done that in in this movie but uh I guess this one takes up the least amount of time uh it also keeps the like the action moving to do it this way instead of slowing down while on their pursuit of Mary and Pippin like this gives like an action beat and keeps the story moving and it's yeah. it's tense like right yeah. up until it's not Right. Well, that's tense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the one that I did with the audio book that I that I worked on. Um, obviously, I had to do this, and uh, I put the same kind of music in there. But I did. But I felt like now I can't toot my own horn here, but uh, I think I did a pretty good job um, getting it to escalate in tension, even if it's just conversations. But okay. the the dialogue that I got was uh, about like two minutes long, and. <laughs> In context of a movie like this, that wouldn't work, would it? I wouldn't right. think so. I think what they did was yeah. is is fine. I mean, even if it has some, you know, some wizard ninjutsu going on, I think it's still it's still good. <laughs> some wizard ninjutsu. <laughs> I mean, the it's Hanzo true. Hattori school of wizardry. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. I mean, like Gandalf's just you know, just yeah. just 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 pulling out some moves. It's, it's great. Um, but yeah, there's this flashing light. That's that's the main difference here. It's like he's just. He's, it's it's a very like angelic kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's like what we're going to talk about. There's a power here, like th- there there's some higher power here behind him, like lending lending its strength to him in this moment when he just slaps their weapons aside like they're children. Yeah, I like the use of layering um, Christopher Lee's voice over Ian McKellen's voice. Yeah, apparently this. apparently the direction for like these lines was 
could each of you kind of try a little bit to intimidate the uh, imitate the other, mm, and then yeah. we'll layer the layer the tracks together. And they they mentioned that Christopher Lee is much better yeah, at imitating Lee's Ian McKellen than Ian McKellen is at imitating Christopher Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christopher Lee's legend for a reason. That's true. Uh, not to say that Ian McKellen is not a great actor, but like I believe that. Yeah, like they they make a little the little mention of it. And I guess uh, in the facial structure, like do we, we see a little bit of his yeah, face you, you see when, he, when he slaps the stuff away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also layered Christopher Lee's like brow structure over Ian McKellen's because it's part of the, the only part of his face you can kind of see through the yeah. light mm-hmm. in this moment to make it even look a little bit more like Christopher Lee. So you have oh, yeah. like the layered voice. And then, like, Christopher Lee's eyebrows are hiding in there. Yeah. That's right. I, I had the DVD, you know, when I was a kid, like, um, just to continue my, my, my little story here where it comes when it comes to being introduced to Lord of the Rings, after the Backstreet version, we're going back there, uh, after the Backstreet <laughs> version, um, and I got to see the Lord of the Rings films, uh, I didn't get to see the first one uh, on, you know, on, on in theaters, got to see them on DVD, uh, then I got to see Two Towers in theaters, and then Return of the King, uh, but... After you know, after the movie came out in on DVD and I could rewatch it again, I watched this probably every day. Okay, so I was like you know thirteen, fourteen, um, and I was watching this every day. And uh, I was messing around with the contrast, and I do remember seeing a little bit, you know, like of the um, you would call it like maybe the garb not garbage mat, but you know where you can see the cut out uh, section of. Uh, Christopher Lee's eyes on in a mm. little bit of the close-up when you see uh, the close-up of uh, you know, mm. the wizard, and it's uh, yeah you could you could you could see that if you mess around with the contrast a little bit, right? I mean, all the way back in Fellowship of the Ring with a similar kind of scene, we talked about this. Went, yeah. How like I had never noticed until I saw like it tried to being upscaled by our Blu-ray player that you can see. The, the actor, the, you can see the riding double for Arwen get off that horse, and it's obviously not Liv Tyler. <laughs> but I'd never noticed that until I saw the DVD and tried wait, to wait, upscale. Wait, wait. In what in what shot? When she gets down off the horse when as she, she approaches Frodo, and Frodo's um, like dying, and she's bathed in that light, and she gets off her horse. Like, oh no the way! Riding double, yeah, the riding double's on the horse, and then it cuts <laughs> away, and then Liv Tyler is approaching Frodo. Oh, like you, okay, you see the riding okay. double, you see the riding double get down and get and like be on her two feet in the light. And then it it cuts away and cuts back, and Arwen and Liv Tyler is there approaching. Mm-hmm. So it's mm. just like really obviously like that wasn't Liv Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> I did I didn't notice that one. That's one I I just didn't see. It's like I remember watching it and being like, "What? <laughs> that's, that like they didn't even look... film Liv Tyler getting off a horse. <laughs> <laughs> they just I, I guess like no one trusted her with the horse that she was supposed to ride. Oh. Well, it, it it does take a while to train, I guess. Not that I yeah. And like she wanted fear. to, like she <laughs> wanted to, but like they just didn't have her do it. No. She wrote she wrote a barrel. Yeah. Uh, Got a barrel. How many axes has Gimli lost in this movie or this trilogy? Uh, I don't know. A hundred. He, he, he throws a lot of axes. He smashed the one on the ring, and then. There's one here. It so, just gets blown to smithereens. I'm so that, sure he so broke one two. in Moria at some point. I don't remember. I don't think he reclaimed any of the ones he threw at the cave troll. How many axes does he have on his person? Too many. <laughs> just enough. Just enough. Just enough. It's like, it's just enough. It's like it's like bullets in an action movie. Yeah, they never, you, don't, you don't run you out. Need. You don't run out until it's narratively important that it's empty. <laughs> exactly. And no one like, will notice. 
you fire 40 shots out of a handgun. He's just got, like, all these pretty dwarven hatchets, like, strapped underneath his yeah. cloak. That's... All right. He's always producing more. <laughs> yeah, it's hammer space. He's like a magician. <laughs> yeah. It's like Gimli's pastime, his sleight of hand. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check this out. And Look, it's like... an axe. And another one. Embedded in his nervous system. It's uh, the, uh, that's later. It's like the clown with the ribbons out of his wrist. Mm. Gimli just pulling axes out of his cloak just constantly. <laughs> that was a horrible birthday party. They're all tied together and he's just pulling them out of his sleeve. <laughs> then he's got a whip made of axes. I don't know. What? Oh, no. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Just swinging it around. <laughs> it's like a death helicopter. Right. Perfect. Oh, all right. It's like a death helicopter. (laughs) I just think it's funny that he just keeps, like, he has so many axes that are so expendable. Yeah, right? Like, why? Take whatever's necessary. Well, I need my 50 hatchets, so, uh... I need my 50 hatchets and three full-size axes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one one talks about Legolas losing his arrows, so... Yeah. Well, because they're arrows, like... It's a, it's a little different. <laughs> okay, fine, endless. fine, fine. But arrows are a I little mean, different. Like, okay, well, I never, ever, ever, ever made uh, n- made this had this thought come to my head about Gimli and losing axes. So you guys are ruining the film for me because <laughs> now I'm just thinking about this. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's Hammer Space. He it's just Hammer Space. He has so much stuff. It's an infinite amount. It's like a video game. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right, like video game inventories make no sense. <laughs> They're carrying everything, but they still be able to walk light. How many axes? Including can your I put party in members, my, yeah. they're just like in your pocket. <laughs> How many axes yeah. can I put in my backpack? Um, <laughs> right, like Pokemon limits you to ninety nine of each item. We should have been. We should have been keeping oh, hey. track of like Gimli's axes. I'm upset at myself now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have to start this whole thing over again. Just oh, go back okay. and count the axes. How many axes does he throw? Yeah. I bet I he bet doesn't someone, really throw that many. But I bet someone who's listening can can do that for you guys. Just make it an open challenge. Right? How many? I want to know how many arrows Legolas fires across the trilogy. How many arrows has Legolas fired? How many axes has the dwarf lost? <laughs> Sign in and comment away. That, sounded, that was a little Gandalf. Sorry, I'm gonna wait for that one. <laughs> and whatever, Gandalf's cool. We like Gandalf. But it's the White Wizard, not Gandalf. It's the White Wizard. The White Wizard. The White Wizard approaches. All right, Legolas, calm down. How many arrows, how many axes do you have left? Just the one. Just the one. Just the one. Like, he has has one full-size axe in his hand and another one on his back. Yeah, he's got, like, a great axe, but, like, where do the... Is he a rogue? He's just got, like, little... Axe In first edition D&D dwarves couldn't be rogues. Oh, that's lame. That's lame. That's discriminatory. Exactly. Rogues were only humans and, and thieves, they I were called. I want to be a dwarf rogue. Thieves were humans and hobbits. Oh, I see. Elf was a class. <laughs> dwarf was a class. <laughs> that's, that's dumb. Silly. Uh, elves had both sword and spell. Dwarves were basically just better fighters. Just dwarves. Yeah. Okay, fighting man me. was the class, <laughs> not fighter. It was fighting man. <laughs> okay, uh, fighting man. Some information for you. Yeah, in in the book, I just I'm just looking at the the video right now, and uh, as Aragorn's uh, sword just kind of 
embers a little bit. It's weird that they didn't make it just burst into flames like it does in the book. Mm. That would I think they they err on the side of not doing things that look flashy, quite so fantastical most of the time. They're trying to ground it a little so it just gets red hot. Because I mean, metal doesn't set on fire. I mean, look, uh, Tolkien didn't write uh, Legolas used a Orakai shield to skateboard down the (laughs) (laughs) right, yeah, stairs, yeah. I love that. That's everyone's go-to scene. Um. Okay, right. well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, you got the you got the Mumakil thing, which is uh, which equally is, uh, ridiculous. Which is which is a sign of things to come. <laughs> the shield, the shield surfing was a tease for that Mumakil oh, yeah. shot. Oh no, no, the Mumakil was a tease to another trilogy, but we're not going to go there. Mm. Oh, yes. Sorry, guys. For like anybody that. who likes those movies, I'm sorry. It's okay. We've we've talked about them a lot. They've they've come up. They've probably stopped listening. If right. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that I think that's most of our most of our discussion for this minute. It seems like no it, one yeah. has anything else. Mm-hmm. Thanks I, for joining I us again today, Phil. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. Uh, anyone who's listening to this movies by minute podcast, I assume that. Anyone you're, who's listening, all five of you. No, I'm, I'm assuming you're also interested <laughs> scare in other... I've scared them off! <laughs> so, so you're interested <laughs> in other Movies by Minute productions. Uh, and on DuelingGenre.com, you can find some other Movies by Minute podcasts like Harry Potter Minute and Jay and Silent Bob Minute and Cornetto, the first uh, Cornetto Trilogy Minute. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead yeah. just, they just wrapped, wrapped up. up a couple weeks ago. Uh, so check those out on the website. Uh and Matrix Minute. And Matrix Minute. Yeah, Matrix, the Matrix You should check out the Matrix Minute. Just like Lord of the, the Rings. At the Matrix Minute.1. That's right. Just like Lord of the Rings, the Matrix was a huge influence in my life. <laughs> it was. Elrond's in it. There's, right? There's Elrond's in it. You go even. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always waiting for, for Elrond to say Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Mr. Anderson. Huh? It's a, Yeah, it's weird because like when uh, just uh, maybe an episode or two ago, you guys were uh, mentioning like, destroy it. And then I just thought, Wait, Mr. Andrew, Agent Smith's in this movie again? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just, you know, like when when Agent Smith is looking at the other agents, one of you must do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Uh, I hope everyone has a great one's day. And we'll be back tomorrow with some more Lord of the Rings. Bye.